Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. We're very pleased uh, today to be joined by Utah's senior Senator Mike Lee uh, with an important piece of legislation that uh, has been on his mind for a while and uh, is making a, a nice bipartisan push uh, dealing with charitable contributions. Senator, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's good to be with you. So we know that one of the really interesting and maybe unexpected consequences of coronavirus uh, has been its impact on nonprofits and charitable organizations. And uh, it's something that has been on your mind. You have produced and uh, proposed amendments to this on various tax policy and spending packages over the years. Uh, But tell us about this current effort uh, to increase that limit uh, on charitable giving. Yeah, so we've been concerned for several years uh, uh, about some disturbing trends, trends that we fear are being exacerbated as a result of COVID-19. Our research has found that while total American charitable giving has increased in most years over the last half century, the overall percentage of Americans giving has decreased, shrinking from 66% in 2000 to 56% in 2014. Um, and we're seeing is that a growing share of donations are coming from a, a smaller and smaller share of the population. The, the drop has been especially pronounced among lower-income Americans, mm. with a greater share of giving now coming from very wealthy individuals and families. So, and, and then while individual giving has also increased over time, its share of total giving has decreased by 18% from 83% in 1978 to 68% in 2018. And meanwhile, the share of giving from corporations, bequests, and foundations has increasingly grown over time. So both the percentage of individual Americans giving and the share of individual uh, giving have declined. And and giving is now coming primarily from fewer, wealthier people and organizations. It's one of the reasons why I am supporting legislation that would extend the charitable contribution deduction uh, to make it accessible to more Americans, including Americans who don't itemize their deductions on their taxes, who take the standard deduction instead. Right. We want to make it deductible, uh, quote-unquote, above the line so as to encourage people at every point along the economic spectrum 
to contribute to charitable, charitable causes in this country. And uh, I know this is a uh, bipartisan uh, effort, to, and I know it also ties into your work as the uh, head of the Joint Economic Committee, which is a bipartisan, bicameral committee. Uh, it's interesting that the, uh, you know, Americans Americans are the most charitable folks on the planet. And uh, interesting, the Charities Aid Foundation uh, showed not only did uh, America lead in that, but it kind of broke it down in terms of how that charitable giving happens. And usually it's either providing help to a stranger, volunteering your time at an organization, or donating money. Uh, and obviously in a uh, in a pandemic, uh, the first two have gotten harder in terms of being able to just, you know, provide help to a stranger or to gather in groups with an organization. Uh, and so many of those uh, charities are also feeling the pinch uh, in terms of not having those donations. And yet from your own social capital project, you know, uh, that it, it is that civil society piece closer to the people, the community, uh, that has the biggest impact and often makes up the gaps where government fails. Uh, no, that's exactly right. Um, you know, it's helpful to think of there being three sets of safety nets. First set is provided by family. The second set by charitable organizations. And the third set by government. Uh, whenever any one of those safety nets becomes weakened, it affects the other two. But the second, charitable organizations are especially important in our society, especially at a time like this. They're being stretched thin right now because there are more people who need the help than ever, and yet contributions to many of these organizations are down because people are understandably concerned about their economic future. And so this is one way that we can help make sure that they get the help that they need. And one of the things that we'd like to do is to give them access to this benefit, uh, both for tax year 2020 and even uh, retroactively for tax year 2019. We think that would help a lot. Oh, I think that's uh, so significant. Uh, Dennis Romboy, our uh, colleague at the Deseret News, uh, reported some of the activity you had last week in, in your committee uh, one of the things uh, that was noted by the Utah Nonprofit Association was that more than half of Utah's nonprofits canceled events and fundraisers, resulting in over $11 million in lost revenue, uh, plus another $4 million to, to restructure some of those events and, uh, and convert some of their working to remote status. Uh, as you had your committee hearings, I know you heard from Bill Krim, uh, CEO of the United Way. Uh, what else were you hearing from some of these nonprofits in terms of where they are, what can be done, and, and what's the path forward? You know, most of them expressed a high degree of optimism about the future. Uh, but at the same time, so yeah, we're, a lot of us right now are experiencing rough waters because we're uh, the demands on our time and our resources and uh, the funds that we have um, have never been at a higher level, and yet people aren't able or inclined to donate right now as, as they have been. So they were very excited about this legislative proposal and especially excited about the fact that it is a very much a bipartisan effort. Uh, they've been working with a small handful of my colleagues, a very bipartisan group, in, including Senator Gene Shaheen from New Hampshire, Senator Chris Coons from Connecticut, Senator James Lankford from Oklahoma, and myself, along with uh, Tim Scott from South Carolina. Uh, we've been pushing hard on, on this. Also, Amy Klobuchar mm. from Minnesota. And so we were more or less matched one for one, Democrats and Republicans, and 
we see eye to eye on this issue. Uh, and that's uh, so important. There uh, obviously there are deep divides in the country on a number of things, but there there is overwhelming uh, support and unity on on a host of others. Uh, if you're just joining us, we've got Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee on the line with us. Uh, he is focused on a bipartisan group, as he just mentioned, uh, to boost the charitable giving uh, amount amid the coronavirus pandemic. Senator, I had this fascinating conversation, uh, did an interview with Rabbi uh, Yehuda Gerwitz, uh, who started a group called Charity, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y, charity.com, that is designed to help people tap into their generosity and uh, it was just—he's just this guy that believes in miracles, and he, and then he just goes and makes them happen. Um, but he brought up so many important things in terms of helping people—you know—just give that gentle nudge to the better angels of our nature to do that. And I wonder if you can give us just a, a little more perspective. Uh, we talked about the fact that a lot of the contributions are becoming more and more to the wealthy. Tell us the importance of making sure that those charitable deductions are available for those who aren't in the upper five percent or the in the wealthy class of the nation. You know, something significant happens to us as a country when we feel a greater sense that we're all in this together. Uh, when, when people at every point along the economic spectrum feel like they've got something to contribute, and when they're able and encouraged to contribute, it makes for better communities. It makes for stronger connections between individuals. And you referred earlier to the social capital project that we started within the Joint Economic Committee. As a committee chairman, this is an effort I've started to try to um, measure the impact that our institutions of civil society have on communities. We do a good job at measuring some things in government, you know, economic growth, uh, gross domestic product, how much we bring in as tax revenue as a percentage of GDP and things like that. Sometimes we haven't done a very good job at measuring other indicators of uh, that, that, that signal to the extent to which we're thriving, we're encouraging the thriving of the human condition. But um, what we see is that there are a wide range of economic indicators of success that end up having a close correlation to how well someone is connected through institutions of civil society. If they're involved in civic organizations, whether as volunteers, as donors, or otherwise, they're involved in a religious organization, a neighborhood group, anything that they have become a part of as sort of a joiner makes it more likely, for reasons we don't entirely understand, that they will succeed in life, that their children will end up getting a good education, that they'll end up staying employed and remaining married. Uh, These are all things that matter. And so Every little bit helps, and when we can get rid of barriers, get rid of disincentives people might otherwise be experiencing, or, and even offer some incentive uh, to make charitable contributions, it ends up making a bigger difference than just uh, a tax benefit. It ends up making their community and, in fact, their own lives much better. Oh, fantastic. Utah Senator Mike Lee, uh, great work, great bipartisan effort uh, in terms of boosting that charitable giving deduction. Uh, and again, having the focus on civil society and making a difference there. Sir, we always appreciate your insight, your great leadership back there. Uh, all the best to you today. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. 
I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.